0: you got to love game. Yeah. Why do they get hit? Why do they hurt their bodies? They love the game. There's something about the game. They love the game. You've got to be like that in entrepreneurship. You're going to get hit. You're going to get hurt. You're going to win. You're going to be able to go to the, the end zone and like, woo, 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 you know? But they love the game. So that's why I do it. Okay. I love the game.
1: In a time plagued by groupthink, a tribe known as the Millionites have emerged from the depths of time to alter our trajectory for the betterment of humanity. These are their chronicles. Welcome to our community, where every single week we'll study the craft of some of the most successful entrepreneurial leaders in their given area of expertise. We'll take a trip down memory lane, long before the millions, to uncover their secrets to success and how they've achieved their goals. By doing this, we can fast track our way to success and live the life we've always dreamt of. So, whether you are looking to attain financial freedom location independence, or reaching the millionth mark of your milestones, and more, then you've come to the right place. Stick around to find out what works, what doesn't, and how you can reach your millions. If you would like instant access to our back catalog, visit us at BeforeTheMillions.com. And now, your host, DeRay Olaleye. What's good, VTM
2: community? We are live at five. God is good and all the time this past week has been nothing short of amazing the podcast is officially launched i had another birthday as i do every year but i'm not telling you my age even though it's plastered all over the site added another property to my portfolio over at urbane wealth a fourplex my lady threw me a surprise evening planned with friends and family mom and sister came in town this weekend and I get all this positivity and energy from you guys, the listeners. I mean, overwhelming support. People reaching out, telling me this is exactly what they needed. People telling me how proud they are and how much they love the show. People supporting from all different continents. I mean, I am forever grateful to all of you. And I just want to give a big thanks to you all for your support. And you guys just being awesome listeners. Like, this is this is amazing. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I really and truly hope you're getting value from this show. We'll continue to gear the show towards your wants and needs. So again, just let me know. And we're trying to create the entrepreneurs of tomorrow. We're trying to create smart investors. We are trying to have the right mindset when it comes to our future. And, you know, together as a community, I think that we can leverage each other's experiences and leverage each other's knowledge to get to a common goal. So with that being said, on today's show. We are speaking with a legend. She builds businesses like Legos in her sleep. (laughs) LOL. I'm over-exaggerating, but just a little. I can't wait to let you guys hear the show. Her speaking was motivational. She's going to share with you the number one skill she thinks every entrepreneur should have, and I think her answer might surprise you. It's showtime, ladies and gents. The best real estate investing advice ever show is literally the only daily podcast that I subscribe to. And now I'm prescribing for you, the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's unprecedented. Visit joefearless.com slash show for the back catalog. Enjoy. Hey, Heather, how's it going? I'm
0: good. Thank you. I'm great.
2: That's great. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm a big fan. Heather is a serial entrepreneur that is regarded as the top authority on internet marketing, business strategies, and marketing in general. Since marketing her first online business in 1999, bringing together clients and personal coaches, she's played an active role in the online marketing world since before most and probably even I have had a computer. (laughs) In 2006, she started, developed, and grew an online information marketing publishing company from ground zero to over 1 million in sales in less than 12 months. She has been named by a few as an icon creator. She's the wizard behind the curtain. She has instructed, coached, and promoted hundreds of entrepreneurs, leading them down their path to success. Heather, are you ready to lead our listeners down your path to success?
0: I am. I love that. <laughs> that was a great question.
2: <laughs> great. Well, I'm excited to jump right in. Yeah. So Heather, before we go back in the timeline, let's kind of fill in the gaps in, in some of the things that I said and talk a little bit about where you are now in your entrepreneurial journey and what exactly it is that you do.
0: So, you know, first of all, there's a couple of things. One, who I am as an entrepreneur. Well, what does that mean? An entrepreneur by definition is a individual that they develop and they build and they grow things. I build businesses. I built a lot of other people's businesses where I worked for them and behind the scenes, building brands. I'm just right now in the process of selling off to businesses, E2 Lab and Skinny Beam. As of this week, I built that company, both this companies from scratch and built and created brand, the structure, the systems. So I think that We as entrepreneurs, who we are is who I am, is a builder. I'm a builder of businesses. I'm a game changer. So people work with me or they hire me or I build or I build my own visions where people that is like, hey, I have an idea. Ideas are crap. They're a dime a dozen. Okay. But who's a person that can actually get the idea implemented? That's me. I'm a game changer. So that's what I do. I've been doing it for a long time. And the first one I really kind of had my teeth sink into was in 2005 when I went from zero to a million dollars in one year with a business partner. So he had the idea, right? But he didn't to in- execute. And so I, one the executed, built it, strategized it. So that's really what I am. I'm a game changer. I'm a builder.
2: That is amazing, Heather. So, and that happened in 2005. Let's take it back just a little bit further. Let, let's give the, the listeners some
0: take context. it all back. Roll <laughs> it back. Roll yeah. it back. <laughs>
2: let's honey. give the listeners some context on who Heather yeah. is, who Heather was growing up, and how you you stumbled upon this path.
0: You know, honestly, it started, I was like everybody else. I went to high school and then went to college because I was supposed to to do that, you know. And halfway through college, I actually failed out of Baylor University. I was drinking too much, I think. I was having a good time. And then I ended up in a private school called Texas Christian University and did well there. I was in pre-med, believe it or not. And that was like going down that path. And I didn't really like it. I didn't really like how things were going. And so I ended up actually... Going to work for a company called Southwestern Bell Wireless, which is back, this, this is back SBC Global. It's been a really big company, right? So I started working for them. And when I started working for them, they actually wanted to hire me as a customer service rep. And I'm telling you the story because you can get a concept of how my brain works. I'm like 23 years old. I haven't finished college yet. I was a cute blonde. And I walk in. And the guy's like, oh, this is, you know, you're in the wrong place. This is for business to business sales. And I said, well, no, I'm in the right place. This is where I want to go. Cause I knew that sales is where success is. Like, if you could learn sales, like, like true sales, like you can do anything, you know? And he, he kind of laughed at me. His name was Mike. He laughed at me. And uh, he goes, well, you know, I think you'd be really great for customer service. Cause I was cute and was white and girl. And like, that's what you do when you're a girl and who's 23 years old. <laughs> and I said, no, I really want to do business to business sales. And he, I mean, he was literally like cracking me. Like laughing at me. I go, No, look. So he actually said, Okay, all right, fine, Missy, I will let you do this. But look, you have this big quota. If you don't hit it in three months, it's you're out. That's just like a commission thing. I said, Fine. He goes, okay, we'll just let you know. If you don't hit it, don't worry, honey. We'll get you this other job, all right? And I go, okay. Well, <laughs> I think he bet against me, some people at the office. <laughs> lost. I was actually there longer than he was. I ended up being there for four years. This is a big company, SBC Global, and I was number one in sales on the out of 10,000 reps, not just our office. We were a small town called Fort Worth, Texas, but I was beating all of Texas, all of the country. New York, LA, Chicago, all the offices we had, I was number 1 in the country at 25 at this point, 25 26. And I was the only female in the office as a B2B sales. Everyone else was men who were sales reps. The only women in the office were, you know, customer reps and support. And I was young, I was also the youngest, not only that. So I got the call that said, "Hey, Congratulations! You're number one in the country, and I was like, wow, you know. And I got my what I call my pat on the head and my little trip to Arizona or something little. I was hoping I got a Rolex, I didn't get that. <laughs> it's my first experience in corporate sales. I'm explaining this because I want you to get the context, you know. And then I get the call and says, basically, I pulled into an office slash call and said, you're fired. And I'm like, what, what, you know? Because I had it. I was taught you work for a big company, you make them a lot of money, they give you a sliver of that we're all happy. That's what I was taught. And here I was doing that. So what was wrong? Well, there was another piece of that called political and politics. And, and I was a female and all this weird stuff. I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't, know how to, I didn't know how to manage any of that. So I got fired and I was really blown away. You know, all I knew was, God, I don't want that. I don't know what I want. I just know I don't want that again. That's all I knew. No one said to me, oh, well, you're an entrepreneur. No, all my friends were like, well, don't worry about it. Go get another corporate job. And I was just like this piece of me going, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to go build some other big company's business again. So I was sitting there on my girlfriend's couch and she just got married and she worked for a big company and her husband is flipping through channels on a Sunday and I saw this ad and it said, do you want to make money? Do you want to be a millionaire? And I'm like, yeah, you know. It was <laughs> an infomercial, okay. It was an infomercial, Love and like, our seminar tomorrow at one o'clock. And I'm like, writing it down on this piece of paper, not letting my girlfriend see. I'm like, nothing, I'm doing nothing over here, you know. I write it down, one o'clock at this little, you know, this hotel name, and I am write it down. And I lie to her and say, oh, I'm going home tomorrow. And I'm driving over at one o'clock at this seminar. And I'm sitting in the seat. It's a two-hour presentation, right? You've probably been in these, right? He's down and
2: they're teaching
0: you like, you should buy and sell real estate and this is going to change your life. All you have to, all you have to do is come to our seminar for $3,000. That's all you have to do, right? (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is, this is my future. Then they said $3,000. I'm like, oh, I don't have that on my credit card. And then they said the magic words for your spouse. It's a thousand. And I went sweet. So I nudged the guy next to me. I'm like, can I be your spouse? (laughs) like sure what's your name you know and we go to the back and we totally are just you know i don't have a ring on and different last names different address i mean every that's what happens when you're You're willing to do whatever it takes you know and so they knew i was lying and they were like wink wink yeah spouse right and and so they knew but they're taking up there's a sale for them they don't care right they're like whatever it's a sale for us so i pay my thousand dollars with my my random husband who i still to this day have never seen ever again
2: since.
0: (laughs) Don't even know his name, Bob, Jerry, Bob. I have no clue. And I go to the event. The next week they have the three, you know, the little $3,000 seminar. And I go to it and they kind of were watching me. Like, what's your deal? Like 26 years old, you're a female, you're by yourself. What's your deal? You know, they're kind of like watching me. And finally I told them what's going on. And they said, why don't you come work with us? Why don't you travel the country with us? And I started traveling the country 50 weeks out of the year. I'm doing these seminars. I learned, this is where I really cut my teeth in entrepreneurship. I learned copywriting, persuasion, influence. how had to build an event, publishing model. I met all these speakers. I met all these people in the information marketing business. I met all these entrepreneurs and really successful people and worked for companies like Ron LeGrand and Dynatech and Robert Allen Institute and I met Kiyosaki and back. This is back two thousand one, two thousand two, when he he just got started. Wish that poor dad in like two thousand three, four. I met all those guys, and I was like, wow. So surrounded by entrepreneurship, and that's what really propelled me into being an entrepreneur. Because I really feel that entrepreneurship is a journey; it's not a destination. And I think entrepreneurship finds you. I don't think you find it.
2: Wow, that was amazing, Heather. That was that was an amazing story. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so, should we start with the estranged husband or <laughs> okay, Stranged
0: husband? I don't even know his name. I think it was Bob. I don't know, poor guy. <laughs> okay, I wish I
2: could say. So, so Heather, you know you were boogieing along your corporate America journey, and you were the best of your class. You were doing everything right. You were you were number right. one at SBC, which I'm very familiar with, even though yeah. I'm still a young guy. But you were number one, and then you got called into the office one day, and your world just changed. So immediately after that, you're unemployed at this time. I'm presuming, yeah. And you see this infomercial, and mm-hmm. I guess you, you get this this light bulb goes off in your head, and hey, this is this is what I want to do. Why, you know, you kind of said that it, it it was just in you, but what made you decide to not, you know, you 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 have bills to pay, you have things coming yeah. up, and you you've just gotten fired. So the, the the most rational thing in a lot of people's eyes is to immediately go find a job. Yeah. But Heather did, did not do, do that. What did Heather do and why? <laughs>
0: so a couple things, right? So luckily I, I made a lot of money. So I wasn't like dying, you know, so I could breathe a little. You know, I didn't I feel like I had to go get a, a job out of right away. I could breathe a little, but I, I couldn't breathe too much. So I had to make decisions. There was just something inside of me that was saying, Don't go build someone else's company again. Because what see what happened in the corporate Americas? I built when you're a salesperson, you're building a little business inside their business. You know, I built this little business. I had actually built my first direct response marketing funnel. I built a fax funnel and I was killing it. I was doing really well. I was using email marketing. This is like, by the way, guys, this is 1999. Okay. <laughs> 99 and faxes. I was building email marketing and faxes. I was building my little funnel and one of the reasons why I think they were mad at me is because I didn't work that much. Like the, like the last year I worked from like 10 to two because I had this little marketing, but I was like busting out, you know? Yeah. So I just completed. And at the same time I was going to school at night. So I finished my degree literally the same month they fired me. So here I am just completed my degree. They just fired me. And I just kind of had this like, oh, huh. what do I do? You know? And I just built this marketing funnel that was killing it. Why well, can't I just do that for myself? But how do you do that? What do you do? And this is right when online marketing was still getting, it wasn't even there yet. It's 99, 2000. So I just didn't know what to do. I just knew I didn't want that. And sometimes in life, turning points in our lives, moments in our lives, what I call, you know, like a hero's journey. There's a hero's journey. There's a moment where you're just like all of a sudden, no. You don't want that. You're just not sure what you want until all of a sudden it pops up, and that's kind of what happened. I mean, the universe just kind of said, "Go this way," and I went, "Huh, that's weird. I'll go that way." You know? Yeah, it was definitely a change.
2: So the group that you met at the conference that you paid yeah thousand instead of three thousand dollars for, <laughs> you know, was that your next mm-hmm. path? Is that where you went to? to
0: yeah, work I did. At? So that was a company called Dynatech Corporation. And I. they said, you have to move to Florida, to Orlando. So I moved to Florida from Texas. And I started working for them. And what was so beautiful about that is that I was traveling the country full time. We were going to city to city to city doing all these infomercials. Actually, it was on an infomercial one day. Actually, they filmed me. And people were like, I saw you on TV. I'm like, what are you doing up at 3 o'clock in the morning? You know, whatever. <laughs> and I started to be listening to... How to buy and sell houses, how to do short sales, all these things I didn't know that existed. Can you do that? Wow, this is cool. Then I meet people, yeah, I just bought a house and I made 25 grand. You're like, really? Like, yeah, you can do it too. Here's read these books. I'm like, I could do it too. You know, so there was this, this eye opening experience. My brain was kind of being like cracked open. It's like when you don't know what you don't know. And the moment you start to know it, it's really hard to go back. Right. So it's like you all of a sudden know, look, and you see it. Not only do you know I have a book, you actually start meeting people that they are literally millionaires. I met all these millionaires. They're like, yeah, I have like 10 houses. Yeah. Oh yeah. I buy and sell houses all the time. Yeah. I just made, you know, $80,000 last month. And just like, what? You know, it really opened my eyes to the world. And when you, Open someone's brain and their view of the world beyond their little fish bubble world. It's hard to go back into the fish bubble. And so, once your brain's exposed to that and you start to see all these possibilities, you can't all of a sudden go back to a tiny job. It's like weird. It's actually, it's like I was explaining this to a friend of mine. This is so perfect. You ever, I don't know, if you when you're older, ever go back to the elementary school or junior high or high school that. <laughs> So you know, you walk through the halls, and you're like, oh, I remember when this was like so big, you know, or like the chairs were so big. And now everything's like tiny, you know, like yep, yep. you sit in your kindergarten chair. You're like, I remember this room when I was kindergarten. <laughs> so weird. That's what it's like. It's like you can't go back, right? It's like you've moved beyond first grade. You've moved beyond high school. And that's what happens with entrepreneurs. Their brain gets cracked open. Like yours has, and now you're going, "Oh my God, I can't go back right yeah. I'm working, but I can't go back to the tiny little hole I was living in right <laughs> so that's what happens as entrepreneurs, and you also get as an entrepreneur, it's who you are, like I got at a very core level around two thousand six two thousand and seven like who I am as an entrepreneur. that is who I am at a core level, like I am a woman, it's core level, it's just very it's who I am, right, so When you get that, it's who you are. What do entrepreneurs are? We build stuff. We create stuff. We build, we create, we build, we create, we buy, we create, we build. We build things, right? So then you start being unattached to the things that you built. And that's the key piece. I mean, I know, you know, I'll use somebody that's currently in the White House. His name is Trump. I don't know if you've heard of him, but... And I'm not going down any political road, don't get me wrong. But one of the things that they were really negative on him during the campaign, which I found really interesting, was how, oh, he went through bankruptcy. Bankruptcy for entrepreneurs is like is like skinning your knee when you're an NFL player. Go to an NFL player and say, oh, my God, I can't believe you got hit. Well, when you are on the field, you get hit. That's part of it. And sometimes you get hit. Sometimes you throw, get to run the ball. Sometimes you have to throw the ball. You know, it's part of the game. When you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have some financial windfalls. You are gonna have some financial difficulties. You're going to have some successes. You're going to have some failures. Like it's part of the game. And so what happens today, especially in this world, I think a lot of it has to do with the younger generation, is they see people like Mark Zuckerberg. That was called a lottery. I don't really agree when people put him on a pedestal. I disagree with that 100%. Put other people on a pedestal. Oprah. Okay, fine. Trump. Steve Jobs. These guys went through a lot of hell and ups and downs to get where they're at. It wasn't smooth sailing, you know? And so they tried a lot of different things. A lot of things didn't didn't work that's what true entrepreneurship is. That makes sense.
2: That makes perfect yeah. sense. That makes so much sense. And I love you explaining the ups and downs because it's not all peaches and cream. Entrepreneurship no. is not, it's not this fantasy land that, you know, once you're here, it's, you know, all rainbows. It's not like that. There's, there's a lot more peaks and valleys than there are, you know, And and I guess that that's why so many of us are, or we believe that we have this safety net when we just have a W2 job, which, you know, in my eyes the more streams the better because it's just one of, you know, many other streams when you have a W2 job or when you, when you have a, you know, a corporate job, it's, it's one of many streams. You can't, that cannot be your lifeline, and I think even with entrepreneurism you can't depend on on one sole thing, and if you do you'll have a lot more ups and downs than a lot a lot of others, so you know just just kind of you know speaking to the mitigating your risk and you know spreading that out evenly, I think that there will be uh, you know peaks and valleys, but you, you know how to mitigate that if you are a true entrepreneur so let's fast forward a little bit more in your life. I want to maybe go up to two thousand and five two thousand and six when you started developing and growing your own business. How did you make the transition from? From working with these guys and meeting all these leaders and, you know, getting all this knowledge, what did you then do with that to start growing your own business?
0: Well, I became a consultant first. So people would ask me, hey, how did you do that? Or, hey, how did you build this, you know, seminar? And so I first started consulting I started my consulting business and teaching people how to speak from stage. How do you fill a room with seats? How do you, when people are in the room in a seminar, how do you convert them into buyers? And then I took that online. So online was starting in 2004 and five and six. And I really started to okay, this became affiliate marketing. How do you drive traffic to a site? How do you convert them into buyers? How do you, so I started to do all that. And that's where we built the business from zero to a million dollars. It was a combination of a seminar business as well as an online structure where we taught people how to buy and sell real estate. That was the, the information piece. So the marketing element doesn't ever change. It doesn't matter if you're selling widgets, teaching people how to buy and sell real estate, teaching people how to quilt, right? Whatever. It's still a sales process. And so I'm really the master at the mastery of funnels, right? The lead, the conversion, and then the process, right? So people focus on the idea and they have this really, really, really bad thing in their head that says, build it and they will come. (laughs) And I go, that's a lie. <laughs> you know, because it's not true. The best widget in the world, unless it's sold and there's a process and there's a funnel and there's a conversation or there's some kind of distribution. Mm. Look at the Chia Pet. Come on. Seriously.
2: Yeah. Do you no. know Russell Brunson?
0: I do. I've known him for a very long time. He's a he's, he's an awesome guy. <laughs> he's
2: awesome. What, what, what do you think about his product, ClickFunnels?
0: Oh, I love it. ClickFunnels is a sponsor of my podcast and I'm also a member.
2: Oh, sweet, sweet. Okay. Cause you, you know, you're talking about a lot of funnels a lot and I'm actually interested in creating funnels and, you know, incorporating a lot of that in my business. So, so even before Russell and his click funnels, and it seems like you were creating funnels back when you were still working in in corporate America, how did you become privy to that knowledge? Or how did, did you just one day wake up and say, Hey, I think that I should start creating funnels. That's the best way to start drawing clientele to my site or to my business or whatever it is. How did that come about? Where'd you go learn to educate yourself on that?
0: You know, honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. My very first funnel, I didn't know it was a funnel. <laughs> Let me just be honest. I didn't know it was a funnel. What happened is I was given this account, which was a dead account at the time, Lockheed Martin, which was this big company, you probably heard of it, right? Yep. In Fort Worth. And they were considered a dead account. Okay. But they had 30,000 employees. They had this special deal. This is cell phone business. Okay. So I thought to myself. And they're secure. They're military secure. So I can't just like walk through the halls. Okay. I can't like knock on the door, you know, go, Hey, I'm your sales rep or something, you know? So I thought, well, how can I do this? And this is 99 and Lockheed, because they're on the cutting edge of military and government, they had email. Everyone had email. Not everyone has email back then, you know? So I thought to myself, huh, I'll create a flyer. I'll create like a one page. And what I'll do is I could, cause I knew this is back in the day when you had big companies and everyone CC would everybody. Remember that we'd have like. 15,000 people cc'd like an yeah. email <laughs> you know <laughs> right like why is everyone cc'd on this you know so I said okay what I'll do is I'll email the people that I know on there and then I would say hey here is your offer you know share it with your colleagues they all know each other right so they're like share 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 and then what I did is instead of them having to call me because this is back in the day right we didn't have like funnels I had them th- all they do is print out the one sheet and then fax it because back then everyone had fax machines in their offices, right? So I go, all they had to do was fill out the form and fax it, and then I would deliver the phone to their office because I was allowed to do that. So I would come in the office and I have a stack of faxes. That's my first funnel, and see that's why I only had to work like ten to two.
2: Yeah, that's. A-
0: and people were mad at me, and I'm like, well, I just created. I didn't say funnel back in the I just said I created this system, and then they were really mad at me about that. <laughs> And I thought to myself, I, now years later, I'm like, I was so smart. I created my first funnel. Is that what you're supposed to do? Not work very much and make a lot of money? <laughs> and yeah, they were just, it was beyond that time. It was beyond their conception because even though corporate America says they want to be efficient, they don't. When they see somebody making triple the amount of money everyone else is with working half the time, we in entrepreneurship call that smart mofo. Yep. <laughs> in the corporate world, we call that you're horrible. So, I just was in the wrong element. That was my first funnel. No lie. That was my first funnel.
2: Yep. So really quick for our listeners who don't know where the funnel is and you know, just kind of backing that up, Heather, if you were to explain a funnel to a brand new business owner and to explain it to them and also tell them why they should incorporate funnels or even existing business owners who who are missing this grand opportunity, tell them why they should incorporate funnels in their business. What is a funnel and why should we incorporate it in our business?
0: Okay. So think of a funnel like a slide. Okay. Well, what you want in business is you want to have all these slides and the slides are moving into the pool and the, the customer that goes down the slide and the pool is money. So you don't want to have one slide. You want to have like 10 and it doesn't have to be different businesses. It could just be expansion of the slides. So you have slide one and all those people are coming from Facebook and you have slide two and all those people coming from Podcasting, the leads, and then you have slide three coming from radio. I mean, just you get the idea. So you have all these slides, and they're all going to the same pool of money, and they're all buying the same product, but they're all coming from different places. And that is a funnel. And you're doing it, doing it such a way. Nowadays, we can do it such a way that we can literally be "quote unquote" not "quote unquote" working or sleeping, and have the money come in. That's what we call a funnel. That's what happened back then. That was ninety nine. Here I am. You know, I'm hanging out the pool, and Literally. literally, and I'm getting faxes right? And that's called orders. And then I'll take the orders and I fulfill the orders and I fulfill the orders, at very high level customer service. And they were very happy. And, they, and then they kept telling their friends and kept telling their friends and 30, I mean, there was 30,000 employees there. One sales rub, 30,000 employees, bam. Right. And they said it was a dead account. Crazy people. <laughs> so I just looked at it differently. I looked at the orange differently. They saw a dead banana. I saw a fruitful orange and that's what entrepreneurs do. in fact the whole reason that my last three years or two years i was there the way i was able to build my business anytime someone said oh this is a dead account i go give it to me i know i can revive it amazing and i did i did because i can see things differently i see things newly and funnels are like little slides they're just slides that's how i like to envision them
2: yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, Heather. Okay. I love to talk about funnels and I, I think we could talk about that for another 30 minutes, but I know you don't have a lot of time. So let's transition to who Heather is today as a brand, because I believe that, you know, we can consider you a brand. You are not just Heather Havenwood. You are Heather Havenwood, the brand. You have companies named after you and you, you know, you have this following. How can someone who's just now starting out create such a following Create such a brand, or what? What are some steps to start implementing, or who are some people, or what are I guess programs to start looking into, start networking, to start building a brand from scratch from somebody who doesn't know anything about building a brand? Because I think that
0: okay, a it's really, really so. That's a it's a multiple question. So I would say, and it's probably gonna surprise you. Maybe well, maybe one. I don't know. The number one. Listen in, people. Listen in. Bring it in. Come on, bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. The number one. And I really mean this core, the number one skill set every entrepreneur should know is copywriting. Number one, copywriting is the core of every marketing funnel, every Facebook ad, every newspaper ad, everything. It is literally the core of marketing. It's the principles. So the mar- See, here's what's interesting about copywriting. And this is gonna shock some of you millennials. <laughs> we as human beings have not changed that much. In fact, we haven't. We haven't changed at all. Thousands and thousands of years. We haven't changed. We haven't changed on why we buy. And copywriting is the principles of why we buy and how we buy, what makes us move towards something versus what moves us away from something. And what I mean that we haven't changed that much, think about it. You open the Bible and read a story of the Bible, right? Biblical times, and we can actually relate to it. Why? They didn't have iPads back then. They didn't have cars back then, right? They didn't have horses back then, nothing back then. Why can we relate to them? Because we as human beings haven't changed that much. And why we buy hasn't changed at all. Now the structure, like a phone, we can purchase on a phone or purchase on a new a device has changed, but the why we choose hasn't changed. And copywriting is the principle. It's the core principle of everything. And so then I did a seminar. It's called a successmagnetseminar.com. I did it in Vegas in 2013, October 2013. It was me, Joe Sugarman, Joe Polish, John Benson. These are John Carlton. John Carlton, Joe Polish, Joe Sugarman. Yeah. And it was all these top copywriters. And it was the whole Presence of the event was teaching people the number one skill set all entrepreneurs should know. And that's copywriting. So that's what I would say before you even start. Become a student. Become a become a student of copywriting.
2: Okay. Do you have any recommendations as far as where to obtain that knowledge?
0: Absolutely. From? So Joe Sugarman, who's a, a mentor of mine, he's actually the forward of my book, Sexy Boss. My book is called Sexy Boss. His book is called The Ad Week Copywriting Handbook. It's a time tested. Principal book it literally has there's people out there who will say reading that book made them who they are today reading that book made them multi-millions and it's called copywriting handbook by joe sugarman you can get it on amazon and i have like three or four copies of it actually <laughs> i've signed <laughs> copies from him he's a friend of mine also his other book triggers is really good as well but i would say the core the core book is the ad week uh, copywriting Handbook.
2: Okay, okay, it's a great recommendation. I, I may have to check it check it out myself, but I hope the listeners wrote that one down. And Heather, so let's let's talk about something really quick. How many podcasts have you been featured on? How many podcast interviews have you done?
0: I have been on over two hundred and fifty.
2: And how many seminars have you participated in?
0: I've developed and produced over four hundred.
2: So you've been busy, Heather. You've been you've been yes. busy building this brand, and I kind of just want to talk to that a little bit. How are you doing this? How are you able to, you know, <laughs> for, first time wise, like how are you able to be everywhere at one time? And secondly, how, what's the methodical system behind this, or is there is there a system? And kind of talk about the system and what your goal is by doing this.
0: So what's the point of it all, right? Is what you're yeah. saying? I mean, honestly, I'm building businesses right now. Like I said, I'm in transition of building my next one. I just sold off one. I'm, what am I doing? It's a really good question. I think what I learned when I was on an island in Marco Island for a year in 2010, 2009, I think it was nine. I learned that entrepreneurship is a journey, not a destination. Because here I was in Marco Island, which the average age is 85. And so everyone's there is basically waiting to die. And I realized that, I mean, really what well, the average age is 80. I realized that the people that were the happiest, the people that were have fun and weren't Dying so fast, I, I literally mean that. They were the ones who were the entrepreneurs on some level. They had built something, they had created something, they had they had done something with their lives. They may pass it on. They weren't may do it anymore, but they were they had built something on the planet. They had, they're leaving something on the in the world, right? And I think that's what it's all about for me. I don't think I'll ever stop. It's just like creation, 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 creation. What's next? What's next? What's next? What can I create? What can I create? What can I build? That's what it's about for me. You know, you talk to people who are NFL players, you know, it's about playing the game, right? It's not always about winning or how much money they make. They're like, I just love the game. You hear that all the time with sports. I just love the game. Same thing with entrepreneurship. And I kind of leave you with this one piece is that, you know, just like a football player, I love football. So if if you look at a football player, you can't ever say to Tony Romo, like, go become a quarterback and never get hit. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Yep. He's like, forget about it. Right. It's not going to happen. <laughs> or, I want to be Tony Romo. I want to be a quarterback and I never want to get hit. Well, then get off the freaking field. Or Oh my God, I got hit. Coach, what am I going to do? Well, then get off the damn field. That's how you feel. Like, right? get <laughs> off the field. Right. You got to love game. Yep. Why do they get hit? Why do they hurt their bodies? They love the game. There's something about the game. They love the game. You've got to be like that in entrepreneurship. You're going to get hit. You're going to get hurt. You're going to win. You're going to be able to go to the, the end zone and like, woo you know but they love the game so that's why i do it i love the game
2: okay well Speaking to Tony Romo really quick, I just want to, I just want to point out that I am not a Cowboys fan. It's okay. (laughs) Anyway, so- so Lately,
0: I haven't been either, even though I am a big fan. Like lately, I'm I'm very mad at them myself. So that is perfectly fine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's transition over to the last segment of the show. As I know you have to go, we're going to do our last four questions and they're quick hitting questions so that you can answer them and leave our listeners with some great nuggets. So if you're ready to get into it, I'm ready. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. You are listening to the Before the, Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions podcast.
2: First question: What is your favorite Before the Millions book?
0: What's my favorite book?
2: Besides your book?
0: <laughs> oh, my book! Yeah. So the the Ad Week Copywriting Handbook.
2: Okay. Okay. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today?
0: Giving up people that I really cared about. Sometimes they weren't my, they weren't my fans.
2: Okay. I can understand that. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Oh,
0: wow. My mom. Yeah, my mom.
2: Okay. And what type of role did she play?
0: Supporter. Just supporting me and believed in me when other people didn't.
2: Why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions?
0: Your own head space and not believing in in trusting in yourself.
2: Amazing. Okay. Well, Heather, this show, wow. I think we might have to bring you back on because I want to talk about this island. I want to talk about your book. I want to talk about your coaching and what you're doing for some of your clients. But again, I know that we have a limited time and we really need to do a part two. This was amazing, Heather. You've provided so much insight to our listeners. Thank you for sharing your story and guiding us and guiding us through the process of just you becoming, you know, Heather Havenwood. I mean, you've been an inspiration to me and and others as well. So if the listeners want to reach out to you and maybe learn a little bit more about you, where can they get a hold of you?
0: Heatherhavenwood.com and they can click on work with Heather.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. They can also, use a free gift. They can text the word sexy to 72,000. Text the word sexy to 72,000 and from there they can get they can get a free book, three audio book of my book, Sexy Boss. I'd love for them to do that. And if they're interested in working with me, they're interested in, in they have an idea or they've made their first dollar and they're like, hey, I really want to do this. How do I do this? Let me see if I can have someone help me through this process. Then I am definitely the one to help you and coach you through that process. So I'd love to work with you. So just go to heatherhavenwood.com and click on work with Heather.
2: Sweet. Well, Heather, we thank you for being on the show and we will talk to you soon. All right, Sweetheart. That was Heather Haven with everybody. Amazing interview. We covered as much ground as we could with our limited time with Heather, but as you can hear in the background, there were about eight different phones going off and what sounded like a doorbell. But man, her information was powerful. I hope you got a lot of value from the show. We'll get her back on for a part two because we didn't even scratch the surface, but we sure did find out what it took for one entrepreneur to build big businesses. I know we'll take some learning away from her story and advice. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I want to thank David, a.k.a. Rumi from Dallas, Texas, and Shannon Jones from Mark of Excellence in Humble, Texas, for their five-star reviews on iTunes. Y'all are my motivation. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe and listen to some of the previous episodes where I've interviewed some amazing people. As always, if you like what we're doing here, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Yeah,